Greetings, howdy, and welcome back to Inside the Industry. Inside the Industry is a four-episode podcast focused on introducing and educating those interested on the inner workings of the music industry. My name is Marley Wilson, aka the producer Scorpion Shock, or the MC and lyricist Cartoons, or some ignorant concoction that I've developed for my social media for the day. I won't give you one today. You'll have to follow me on social media for that. <laughs> I've been attending Cal Poly for five years now. Yeah, it's about five years now. Uh, I've been doing music all of my life. I've been producing. I got my first DAW back in 2016. And I've been uh, I've been writing and uh, rapping for about the same amount of time, the same length of time. So today, what I'm going to be focused on is a follow-up to the episode that came out last week. Gwen did a great episode on hopes, dreams, and getting a lot of different perspectives from other students that also attend Cal Poly. And so what I would like to focus on today is turning those dreams into goals and ways to invest in yourself. The only difference really between dreams and goals is that, well, goals have a deadline. So you could really consider this episode a means of uh, me putting you up on game. So let's go ahead, jump in, and let's begin the journey. So in beginning the journey, there's a lot of things I wish I would have known before I got started as an artist and a producer. There's a lot of stuff that goes into getting into the music industry. And there's a lot of avenues you could go into when getting into the music industry. You could do A&R. You could do music publishing, production, management, engineering, sound design. There's a lot of avenues that you could go down when it comes to being involved in the industry. The first step that you would need to take for yourself is to do research on all of the different avenues that are involved in the music industry. You know, find what you gravitate towards. You know, you may be like, oh, I want to do something with management and you find A&R is probably more your speed or you find more joy in engineering or sound design or something of that regards or and then you say oh i want to be an a and r and then who knows you might end up being an artist or something like that who knows there's a lot of different avenues that you can explore and there's a lot of different avenues to explore with the music industry but regardless of what it is that you actually want to do you need to at least be comfortable with being all of these things the music industry now is at a point to where it's in your best interest to really be independent versus being involved with, say, a major label. So in being independent, all of these hats are basically what you're going to have to wear anyway. So at the very least, you could be interested or focused on something that works best for you. This is typically the route that a lot of artists and, you know, uh, producers tend to go down because they have to wear all of these hats because they have to market themselves they have to manage themselves they have to produce all of their own music and then they have to engineer all of their own music and then you know they have to find that next sound that's going to really bring this song out they have to 
pitch their music to distribution and get it distributed onto all streaming services and things like that. There's, a, again, a lot of stuff that goes into being involved in the industry. I'm going to probably say that at least 100 times over the course of this podcast. <laughs> but all that said, the point still stands. Coming from the perspective of an artist and producer, I know that a lot of these had, I spend a lot of my time researching all of the different things that go into wearing each of these hats, being your own A&R, being your own artist, being your own producer, being your own manager, being your own engineer, uh, being your own music publicist. That, that was another one that slipped my mind earlier. Being independent is ultimately what you're going to be starting as. And as a result, there's a lot of work that you have to do by yourself. This is going to sound exceedingly harsh, but the way it is being an independent artist, if you don't have the aptitude for hard work that you have to actively do yourself, this may not be for you. And, but that's not me saying give up. Rather, I am saying be aware of that going in and practice changing your mindset. Do not be afraid to evolve. Work is going to force you to evolve, especially work that you're going to have to do yourself and work that you may not be interested in. Let's be real. There's only a certain kind of people that like to generally produce start to finish. There's a lot of people that are artists that are just like, yeah, I just want to be able to record my music and then y'all fix that up and stuff like that. There's a lot of people that don't want to market themselves and, you know, have to figure out how to do that. There's a lot of people that don't want to be involved with publishing and things like that. There's always going to be some aspect of work that you may not want to do. But if this is something you want to do, you have to do it or at least be comfortable doing it. Not saying you have to like it, but you need to be capable and comfortable of handling the work yourself. There's more to being an artist than just making music. Now, if that didn't discourage you, then there's a future for you. All right, Marley. All right, Marley. So, you know, I'm willing to do the work and I'm aware that there's stuff that I'm not going to want to do, you know, but I've accepted that. I'm cool with that. What do I do to get involved? Well, I'm going to ask you, have you done your research? Have you figured out what it is? What aspect, of, you know, that you want to go down in the music industry? If you want to do A&R, then you need to start meeting artists and you need to start, you know, building a register of artists that you know. And then you need to start putting them in the rooms with other artists that you feel could or producers that you feel could all work together. You need to get them in touch with people who may want to do management or something like that. If you know them, you may want to uh, what's it called? Put them in the rooms with some engineers or sound designers or music publicists, whatever, you know. If you want to be an artist or a producer, then you need to hone your craft. I've got a whole spiel about that that I'll get into in a minute. If you want to manage artists, then you need to put yourself in a position to find artists. And you need to go with the artists that you believe in. Artists that are like, yo, like I love how this dude moves. I love his craft. I love the music. I want to help him as much as possible. Because, you know, every, at the end of the day... Everyone is going to eat from whatever everyone else does. You know, it's a very cyclical type of beast 
the music industry. It's very much to where it's like, we need each other. If you want to be an engineer, then you need to go and hone your craft. And this is also going to be kind of lumped in with the production side. But ultimately, the main aspect that you could do to help the network of people that you will eventually build is to know the aspect that you want to be focused on inside and out. YouTube is the best place to learn anything nowadays. You can find a tutorial or you can find some kind of uh, explanation video or something of any any sort of information that you could possibly seek is on YouTube somewhere. All you have to do is search for it. There's so much stuff that I have learned from YouTube. I learned how to start a garden from YouTube, truth be told. <laughs> so I say all of that to say that the information is out there. So go and start to absorb that information. Now, for my artists, producers, and engineers, I have a step-by-step -step plan for you. The first step into investing yourself and your craft to get yourself a job get yourself a nine to five that you are either going to tolerate or dislike i'm speaking from personal experience when it comes to this aspect my job is my primary motivation for continuing to make music and it's not because of all the uh i won't i won't say bs but all of the negative events that have happened at this job or negative experiences I have had at this job. It's because the main idea is you can't quit your nine to five and be a full-time artist if you don't have a nine to five to begin with. Not only that, the income that you receive from a job is going to be your primary source of how you will be able to get into studios, how you will be able to further invest in the stuff that you are doing, in the producer context, how to invest in new plugins, how to invest in your DAW to begin with. If you aren't scared of credit cards after you get this job, I would say get yourself some PayPal credit because they're very lenient on the first six months on any purchase over $100. If you uh, pay it off in six months, there's no interest. So I would say you could do that, J get the job first, but then you could get that PayPal credit and then you could buy some plugins off of that with the money that you earn from your job and whatnot. And then you could even buy your doll with the PayPal credit. They gave me a lien of $2,000 and I was able to buy my doll legit. I paid it off in like three months because I was giving them X amount of dollars every check. But the real primary motivation I say beyond the financial compensation that you get from a job is it gives you some form of drive or experience to want to really do this for real, or at least that's how it's worked for me. Not to mention it puts you in a position to where you may see something or you may hear something or you may read something and that'll give you an idea for a whole new song. I was actually at Target when I came up with a good, I came up with at least a good like maybe five to six songs that I was working at on right now that are going to uh, come out of singles very soon at Target, one of which being Lavender Lemonade and uh, follow me on social media for updates on that. Nah, no, no shameless plugs, no shameless plugs. But that said, you know, I was walking down an aisle and I saw this candle and the candle was scented Lavender Lemonade. And I was like, that sounds 
really bougie. And I was laughing about it. And I told a few other people about it. I was like, did you know we have a candle named Lavender Lemonade? And then uh, that being the case, I started to think on that. And I was like, that would be a dope name for a song, though. And then that came to me. The idea of the song is the first taste of success. I don't drink lemonade. I'm sorry. I drink lavender lemonade. You know, it's just something really bougie. And it's like I've had that first taste of success. And now I want more because I want more lavender lemonade. You know, something along that those lines, you know, really goofy, really corny. But the song is a good song. You know, uh, from what I was working on, it's just about finished now. I'm getting the covers done. It's a really good song. And this isn't me, you know, talking about myself, but rather just the fact that that job gave me that experience. And I wouldn't have had that experience if I didn't have the job. For my producers, the job is your primary means of getting new stuff. Oh, man, I've spent upwards of at least three, maybe four thousand dollars just in plugins and music tools and all sorts of other stuff that I use and don't use. But, you know, it was on sale, so it was a good deal. I'm an impulse shopper, whatever. That's not important. But there's going to be plugins that you're going to eventually not necessarily need, but it will make your production a lot better. For instance, uh, for my engineers and for my uh, higher end producers, the Fab Filter bundle. Fab, and for those that aren't that don't know, the Fab Filter series is a series of plugins that you can use for uh, mixing and mastering your music, which is ultimately the process of getting the music to sound really good. So that bundle is from what I remember, like $1,000. I bought that off of credit, but I wouldn't have been able to pay that credit off if I didn't have the job. So it's in your best interest to get a job. And sure, you can save and you know pay it outright so that way you don't have to use credit or, uh, at all. I personally like the idea that I'm building my credit score using PayPal credit, so I'm just doing it that way. But ultimately, it behooves you to get a nine to five so that way when you quit the nine to five to do what you're doing do what you love full time you'll feel so much more gratification nothing in music is instant gratification by the way so understand that every step you take needs to be calculated you know sure the job will take time away where you're like oh i can't work on music now too much because i have this job but if anything i would argue at least in a rap context, that it actually helps because now you have to be at work, you're thinking about stuff, and then you may see something and then it'll give you a bar or two or it'll give you a premise for a song like I stated earlier. The time you spend at the grind is irreplaceable. There's so much that you can learn from any given job if you allow yourself. Now, the next thing that I'm going to say is going to be very controversial, but I'm going to say it anyway because I'm right. I would argue that going to a music school, graduate or not, is still a great investment for yourself, musically speaking. And I'm not talking just for the curriculum that you would have to learn while you're at school. It's mainly for the network. Go anywhere to any major or any place. They always tell you it's not what you know, it's who you know. And the music industry is no different. If anything, it's even more so who you know. The music industry is probably the smallest industry, comparatively speaking, to every other industry that you can be involved in. You know, 
everyone knows the same amount of people. The only faces that actively change are the artists that are coming in and out of the revolving door of the industry. So why go to school when you could meet artists anywhere? Because if someone is going to school for music, they are the hungriest people you will ever meet. Think about it. Think about it. You mean to tell me that someone is willing to pay $3,000 a semester for some music education that they could find online? Yeah, that person's hungry. <laughs> but beyond that, not only the education, the professors you tend to meet also have their own connections to people. Cal Poly's music department, connection-wise, Everyone knows someone in the industry somewhere, depending on what you want to do. Cal Poly specifically has guest speakers that come in all the time. Like, that, those are the main emails any Cal Poly student will get. Like, oh, so-and-so is coming today. Or you'll see flyers posted around uh, the music department. Oh, uh, so-and-so is coming today. Master class in percussion today. And, or some other thing. One of my classes I remember specifically it was a uh, music for media class. We had a guest speaker come in who did the music for the Jack and Daxter series. The, the PlayStation hit the Jack and Daxter series, Jack one through three. And he talked about it and his process and all of that other stuff. And it was it, it was such an enrapturing experience because it was like, dude, dude, <laughs> I played that game as a kid and now I'm hearing the dude who did the music talk about his process for the music. It was, in, it was insane to me. So Cal Poly, at the very least, offers you a lot of opportunities to shake hands with people who know other people, which in turn gives you an infinitely vast network to where you could get in somewhere or at least get your foot in the door. Not only that, but let's go back to the people that are going to be around you, your classmates. You never know who's going to become what or who's going to go on to do what. So it's just good to shake hands with everybody and get connected with everybody just off of the strength that you're all there together. And you're all going to be going through the same things together. Now, I know I said whether you graduate or not, please graduate. You know, I want to just double back on that. And I'm not condoning not graduating. I'm just saying that the connections made, whether you graduate or not, are still irreplaceable because you never know who's going to do what. And people are consistently getting into places off of the strength of the school's name and off of the backing of the professors and the backing of all the other things that they have achieved on their own while at school. Take note and follow the example everyone else is setting. As far as networking is concerned, there's also a lot of unorthodox avenues and ways that you could also uh, increase your network and the people you shake hands with. Just the other day, I actually, uh, no, was it the other day? Nah, this was a little while ago. This was a couple of weeks ago. But a friend of mine put me on to this networking event not far from Cal Poly. It was in Ontario, which is about 15 minutes away. Uh, and it was by this group who just opened up a studio in like a business complex. So it's like a bunch of different businesses have uh, rooms in there and they had like four or five studios in there, you know, recording studios, like full fledged recording studios. So I shook a lot of hands. I met a lot of people and whatnot, but the event was on Eventbrite. 
the point I'm trying to make here <laughs> is that there's a lot of ways you can go about meeting people that you may need to shake hands with. There's a lot of events that are always going on, even during COVID. I just went to a uh, Battle for the Bag, which was an event in Riverside where 16 artists got together and they had to battle, not battle, but they just performed songs and the best song uh, would go on to the next round or the, the best song by the best artist would go on to the next round. I'm sorry. And the winner won a thousand dollars. But while I was there, there was a ton of producers there. There were a ton of people that did graphic design and merch and all sorts of other stuff. And not, not to mention a ton of artists that were there. I shook hands with a lot of different people while I was there. And I'm planning to uh, communicate with them, you know, for different types of songs, things that I would personally want to do with them. But in the context of anyone else that wants to be involved in the industry, there are always going to be events where, you know, whatever you want to get involved with, someone will need that. So let me just take a moment to reiterate. You need to be able to invest in yourself, whether that is your knowledge base through the research that you do on all of the different aspects and how you can better serve the people that are around you or investing in your craft. If you're an artist, producer, engineer, whatever. That's the best thing you could do, really. How you do that, you know, if you're looking for something in a person-to-person -person relationship like A&R management, then look at all of the different avenues and aspects that you would have to do for that specific career. And then also be aware and be comfortable with all of the other aspects that you would also be in communication with. Just because you're an A&R doesn't mean you won't be talking to an engineer. You know, or just because you're an A&R doesn't mean you won't be talking to a, a stagehand or something like that. Be comfortable with all of the other aspects that are involved within the industry. And the same goes for any other avenue that you want to be a part of. Take some time and invest in your mind as well. Read some books or go to a community college or college for marketing or management and business and all sorts of other aspects. These are all skills and tools that you're going to need in the industry. Even as an artist and producer, you should be aware of these types of things. You know, deals get made all the time that, you know, are meant to screw artists or that could be mutually beneficial. You need to be able to identify which is which. Hone your senses and network with a lot of different people. When I say hone your senses, it's really weird, but I somehow picked up a producer sense and now I see people and I can tell whether they do music or not. I'm about 80% accurate. So that said, you know, I shake their hands, I get their information, I look at their music and there have been artists that I continue to work with just because I saw them on the street and I was like, yo, you intrigue me. Build up your people skills, too, because you're going to be doing a lot of talking, regardless of what uh, aspect you're going to be involved in. Like, you're, you're going to be talking to a lot of people, a lot of people. Get yourself a job. Get yourself a job. So that way you have a nine to five to quit when you're ready to do music full time and you have the ability to do music full time. But with all that said, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, welcome back. So this last little segment that I have is 
based on moving and growing as an individual. Let's continue the journey that we started. Now, the biggest thing, and this is mainly for my artists and producers, you need to know and accept your skill level wherever it is. Do not get discouraged because someone can do something better than you. If anything, you should relish in that opportunity because now you're like, wow, this person knows how to make these kinds of beats or this person knows how to sing this way. Let me learn from them. It's even better than learning stuff on YouTube because now you actually can talk to the person and they can walk you through the process if they're open to it. You know, or you can just learn through observation. I've learned a lot of skills through observation and through YouTube. And now people are actually coming to me and asking me uh, production wise. It's like, dude, how did you do that? Teach me how to do that. All right. Uh, what's it called? Do I have a tool that's comparable to what it is that you're doing? And I'm like, well, maybe, maybe not. I don't know what doll you're using or, you know, this, that and the third. But we have conversations and we build deeper bonds. As a result, because now I'm giving you the secret sauce <laughs> and that makes you want to ride with me and my team. And that's another aspect that I wanted to jump into when it comes to this music stuff and this music industry. If you have an opportunity to be a part of a team or build a team, then do that. Absolutely do that. Now, I know I was preaching before that, you know, Oh, but you was telling me to do everything myself or learn everything myself. I said, be comfortable with doing everything yourself. But if you have the opportunity to build a team with every with a bunch of different types of people, like you have someone that wants to do managerial stuff and they're the ones uh, making communications with people and booking you shows. And then you have a good handful of people that want to be artists. And then you have a person that wants to be a producer. You have someone that wants to be a graphic designer and stuff like that. Skills from all over different avenues can be used within music. So that said, if you have a team then everyone can focus on stuff that they actually want to do. Still comfortable with everything else that needs to be done if someone, you know, drops the ball or can't do something. But now you can actually get the practical experience because now you have something that you actually can focus on. And now you're building your own skill set when it comes to that particular aspect. Personally, and this is going to be another uh, plug, but bear with me. Uh, I am the lead of a group known as grotto squad and uh, grotto squad specifically is a collection of artists that i view as the top of the uh, charts the elite artists that i know no I'm, i kid but uh these are some of the dopest mcs and lyricists that i actually know and i was like yo join up with my team grotto squad and then now i have about seven artists under my belt is very exclusive and I don't just uh, get, let anybody up in. But the idea is that as together, we can come together and make dope music and whatnot. And I, because I actually find interest in a lot of the different elements and aspects that go into doing the marketing, go into managing to some degree, go into publishing, go, going into distribution, going into... Uh, getting graphics done. I don't do graphic design personally, but I can help the artist actually contextualize and conceptualize their image for what they want for this specific song, this specific project, their video maybe. 
currently we're on a bit of hiatus because COVID and life as a whole has been a bit rough on everybody the, these past few months. But whenever they are ready to actually get back into the booth and we can uh, start moving again comfortably, then I'm all ears, I'm all here, and the team is all here. And we're ready to move and do what we need to do whenever it needs to get done. But that also opens you up for effective practice. What I, at least that's what I like to call it. There's two kinds of practice. There's practice for the sake of practice, and then there is effective practice. Practice for the sake of practice is so I feel uh, personally. Practice uh, for the sake of practice is so you don't get rusty. You know, the skills that you have don't necessarily uh, diminish or increase. It's just so you can stay sharp. Effective practice, I feel, is actual growth related practice because now you're actually trying out to do new things experiment this can be done artistically this could be done uh, production wise this can be done marketing wise there's a lot of different uh, elements that pertain to effective practice that can actually be used and ultimately the best way to go about uh, executing effective practice is to challenge yourself and study and analyze the ones that came before you after you and the ones that are close to you. These are three great sources for you to actually understand, analyze, and grow as an individual. What do I mean by that? Well, say you want to be uh, a music publicist. Well, obviously you have to be trained to be a music publicist, but you can also gain more information from other music publicists or people that are interested in music publishing. You know, you can uh, take a music publishing class and get all sorts of information or, you know, as far as copyright goes, as far as uh, what it means to publish, as far as what you actually have to do to publish a song. If you want to be an A&R, then you can grow effectively by helping to manage the artists and represent artists and get artists to a position to where they can now do shows or something related to that, you know, basically doing things that are going to be outside of the box, but effective or experimentation that is going to be effective and pushing the artist to where they need to be. As an artist and a producer, effective practice comes in the form of pushing yourself and pushing your limits as far as what you can and can't do for an artist in production you know effective practice in the in the beginning is very easy it's very easy because it's not hard to get better when you're at the very beginning but as you continue to grow it becomes a lot harder because there's a lot of different skills that become more complex and more complicated that ultimately build on what you already know but are still challenging in the sense that how do I do this effectively? For instance, in a production context, uh, one of the biggest things that uh, a lot of my producer friends uh, do and don't do is uh, mixing. A good handful of them makes, a good handful of them don't. They're just uh, more focused on making the actual sound and they want to pass the mixing off to somebody else, which is common. You know, that happens. Uh, but I always tell people that I'm like, the best thing you could do for yourself is uh, mix your own beats. Because if you mix your own beats, then you're in better control and you have a better understanding of how you want stuff to sound anyway. So you would be inherently teaching yourself how to get those kinds of sounds. And then that inherently teaches you how to do that on someone's vocals, on some other aspect that you may want to use that. Or you could refine that process into something else like who knows. 
the sky's the limit. The only thing that's stopping you is your own creativity. In an artist context, it could be writing outside of your style. Like say you're a rapper, but you need to write a, a country song because you want to get the true feel of a country type song in a in a rap song for whatever reason. You know, it's pushing your boundaries and stepping out of your comfort zone. In a marketing context, it could be uh, coming up with an or unorthodox idea, putting yourself through different uh, thinking exercises that and now you have some sort of idea or marketing scheme i personally have a good handful of marketing schemes that i'm going to be trying this uh, next semester at cal poly and several other college campuses so if you're on cal poly be on the lookout you may see some strange stuffs coming soon but the point of all of these different things is to help you stay motivated it's going to be hard during certain times a lot of times you know there were times that I definitely was like, okay, I'm probably not going to rap anymore. I'm going to stay producing, but I'm not going to rap anymore. I, I don't, I don't want to do that. And then there were times where I thought, I was like, I need to put my, my uh, keyboard down. I need to put my DAW down. I need to stop. I don't want to produce anymore. There's going to be times where you're going to want to give up, but at the end of the day, you still shouldn't. You know, Things are going to get hard, and staying motivated is going to stay hard, especially if you have a job that you don't like. You know, it's just like, man, I don't want to work this job. I want to just do music all day. And then at some point, it's just going to be like, I don't want to do music. I don't want to work this job. I just want to fall off the face of the earth. But the question that comes back to it, I would say, is why did you get started in this to begin with? You know, what is your reasoning for wanting success in the music industry? You know, whatever the reason is, that's yours. But. That's something you always should remember if you want to do this seriously. If you don't have a strong foundation, the whole house will fall apart. If you don't have a strong reason for wanting to be involved in the music industry, then your whole motivation for being involved in the music industry will fall apart when things get hard. Having a team is great because they'll help you stay motivated because it's, you don't want to let them down. But... At the same time, you know, what if your team falls off? What if your team starts to fall motivation-wise? You still have you, and you will always have you. So let's talk about how to set goals, right? So the main idea when it comes to any goal is that it's achievable. You know, in the context of an artist, your goal would be maybe finishing an album. Well, how do you goal set for that? You would break the album down into parts. You know, for me personally, I like small, achievable goals that work towards bigger things. So each time I write a new song, if it's going to be geared towards an album, I would mark that and be like, OK, I want this song to go on my uh, newest project. And then I uh, check that off on the list. This song has been written. Then, bam, this song has been recorded. Bam, this song is ready to go. This is it's good for the project. Now I have something. You know, for A&Rs and engineering, it's a bit more nebulous. It's a bit more difficult. But all that said, if you're a part of a team, you know, now you have something that you could actually work with. If you have a network, then, you know, your goals could be, OK, let me reach out to this dude and then uh, let me find events that need artists and then I can connect an artist and whatnot. You know, something like that for uh, management is kind of the same deal engineering it could always it could be okay i am going to record someone and yeah you could even charge and you know do whatever if you're not necessarily working with the artist or anything like that 
but you know or i'll offer to do somebody's uh mix for free just so you can get the practice you know you record it you just practice with it whether they use it or not you still practice you know and that's effective practice because you're trying to get it as good as possible do your research as far as you know how do i get my vocals to sound clear how do i take out the mud and uh bases how do i make the snare sound crispy and clear and everything like that you know it's all dependent on what it is you actually want to do and that as a result allows you to set your goals what is your end goal and then you work backwards now what do i mean when i say know and accept your skill level i'm gonna keep it blunt if you're just starting you know with say uh being an artist or a producer chances are the music that you're make you're gonna make isn't necessarily gonna be your best work not saying it's bad but in comparison to where you will end up but that's not to say stop working not at all i'm saying the opposite listen to me i am saying the opposite continue to work on your craft don't quit because you're afraid you're gonna make something that sucks it goes back to what I was saying about effective practice. Making something for the sake of making something when you're just starting is in essence effective practice because you're finding what works and what you feel works about yourself and what you feel doesn't. You're basically creating your style. And in creating your style, that's effective practice. Before you jump into the industry, ask yourself, why do you want to be a part of this industry to begin with? What is your main reason? What is your main goal for being in the music industry? Take a minute to think about that and answer that. Whatever your reason is, is your own. But don't ever forget that reason. You can change it. You can adapt it to something else. But at the end of the day, always remember why you started to get into the music industry in the first place with that said i'm gonna wrap this episode up this is inside of the industry my name is marley once again also known as scorpion shock which you can find on instagram scorpion s-h-o-k the lyricist cartoons signing out